What are you doing? I'm trying to figure something out. What are you trying to figure out? If I need to give my son another piece of cheese. Welcome to today's process. It'll hold, Captain. Stand up, push forward. Let's light the lantern. Welcome to the Understory Lawyer Podcast, where creators build the classic American business based on the following principles. One, build a platform. Two, self-reliance. Three, the golden rule. Four, your family is the strategy. And five, manufacturing something your community can use and going hyper-local. Admission to the understory is free, but understanding always has a price. Let's find the lantern. What is up, citizen? Understory here. And today, we're going to do a little toddler math. And I hope you're prepared for it, because I was told there was no math today. But anyway, so I've got a four-year-old. His name is Luke. Luke the Duke, otherwise known as Luke the Destroyer. Um, <laughs> I have a new printer here because Luke, uh, well, my old printer was old, old. It was pretty old, but and but it was it was still working, but it was not so new that it could survive the random button pressing of a toddler. If you have a little kid, they will get a hold of your phone or they will get a hold of the remote or they will go on your printer and they will start bushing, bushing. They'll start pushing. They will start pushing buttons in some, some manner, which is like some code talker, Navajo world war two manner that uh, is totally undecipherable and unable to fix. And so now I have a new printer, but he's so, attracted to this new printer. It's like, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a bee to honey. It's like a moth to the flame. He just, he just comes over there and he looks at me and he gives me this look and he's like, you know, I'm going to push these buttons. Right. And I look at him and I'm like, don't push the buttons, Luke. And so now there's this battle between me and Luke. And if I can, if I can persuade him not to push the buttons. So let's just say there have been some treats that have been given to him, some chocolate for him to not push the buttons, but that's just appeasement. And now he's uh, he's getting ready to blitzkrieg this this printer. So why am I talking to you about it, Luke? Well, uh, besides that's pretty normal, I think. Also, I think what's also normal for toddlers is the uh, the food meltdown. So my son, though, is I think on the bell curve of being affected by food and not having enough food. As I would say that he he is he is he is skewing right on that. Uh, he is he is going towards the the uh, very tail end of the distribution, um, and he really has meltdowns if we don't get him enough food. So we've been experimenting with literally throwing him food every, I don't know, two minutes, three minutes, all different sorts of food because he's in this weird picky phase where he just doesn't want to eat anything. He gets, he gets super focused on what he's doing. And then he's like, nah, I'll have some of this later. And, and uh, he, you know, so it's, you really have to, you really have to get sneaky. You just hand, I just hand him stuff now. Right. But I'll be looking at him sometimes and I'll just have this look on my face. Like, has he had enough food? And so I'm, I'm like every day, about every 15 minutes, I'll sort of relook at him and be like, Hmm, what's he doing? Where's he at? Has he had enough food? And it's, it's literally this math problem that goes on in my head because if he, if he has had enough food then things can continue and I can continue about my day. Um, but if he's not had enough food or he's entering the danger zone of not having enough food, then I need to, I need to figure out something I need to give him. Right. Like if I have to get out the, the chips, I'll get out the chips. I don't, it doesn't matter. He, he must have food. The, the nutritional value of the, of the food is, is irrelevant in the moment 
but very relevant in the short term. Because if you give him chips and he gets full, then it just gets worse. It's uh, you know, you know the deal. If you, if you don't have, if you have, if you, if you know, you know. If you don't have toddlers, you don't know. Anyway, so we have discovered this the hard way. It's, and there's no reasoning with a there's no reasoning with a toddler that's at a food meltdown and just screaming at you for no reason. So, so anyways, so that's Luke. But it, it, it belies a larger point, which is this, which is if you're in a situation to where you know that uh, the proverbial the proverbial shit's going to hit the fan, then you act much differently than if you know, OK, we're going to have normal shenanigans um, or even even Luke the Duke, the destroyer shenanigans. Uh, but we're, we're on a baseline. Like we, the baseline is still there. We can still we can still act somewhat normally, uh, as normal as you can act with a toddler. Okay, and that's really the situation that you have to decide. That's a decision that you have to decide for yourself with regards to what's going on in the world. Like you have to take a look at the world and you have to ask yourself the, the question of is, is ha- have we had enough food? Right? Like has has the the proverbial metaphorical toddler of the world had enough food? Or, uh, or are we going to have to go into food meltdown mode? Now, you can look at that literally. We could have a whole podcast on the food supply and what's going to happen with that and, and uh, all that good stuff. But that's not the purpose of today. The purpose of today is to just talk about philosophically where I'm coming from and then asking you the question, where are you coming from? So for a while there, I was pretty convinced we were going into zombie apocalypse mode. And when you think you're going to go into zombie apocalypse mode, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, your brain gets a little panicky and it gets panicky in the sense of what can I buy, right? It's like, well, what if things were to totally break down, what what would I need? And they're the obvious ones, which is, you know, the bullets, the beans and the band-aids. So it's like food, medical supplies, firearms, ammunition. And you can square that away pretty quick. You can square that away in a season. Even if you don't know anything, like even if you don't know anything about anything about the sort of the, the self-sufficiency world, then you can, you can still get that handled pretty quick. And if you, if you have a, you know, $10,000, you can, you can get what you need pretty easily. Okay. At least for the moment. And so, but the thing is, is that emotional people buy, I used to think that emotional people buy emotionally, but almost all purchases are emotional purchases. Yes, yes, your your cousin who is an outlier who sits down and does the Ben Franklin positives and negatives and really ruminates on it and then, you know, looks at 16 different options and then purchases one analytically. Yeah, okay, there's that guy. Yeah, nobody talks to him at parties, right? But the rest of us, the normal human beings, we 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 have a vague sense of kind of what we want. Like, ah, I can I think I want to get a car. And then, and then, then there's a, there's a set of emotional circumstances, which lead us to the car for us. Okay. And then, and then we just justify it logically after that. It's very simple. Human beings, human beings are emotional creatures. We make decisions emotionally. We justify them logically. And so the thing is that if, if that's why a lot of people that are, are in the sort of the, what, what your normal, what your blue, blue pill people, your blue pill people would call your conspiracy theorists. What they would call them would be, you know, would call them conspiracy theorists. That's why a lot of the people that are in that world are always talking about like Armageddon of some kind, right? They're always riling you up. Um, they're always getting you, you know, you know, oh, I got to buy something and it works. That's because they do that because it works. Now, 
the really skilled ones. And I love uh, whatever you consider your conspiracy theorist person to be of choice. I, I love listening to that person. Um, I pretty much know the people in the space. And um, the reason why I love listening to them is because there's 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 this idea of world building that's going on where they're just, you know, they're they're defining the universe and they just hammer that universe. They they are they are committed because if, if you're successful, you have to commit to that view of, of whatever it is that you're portraying to your people over and over and over again. But the sort of the, the zombie apocalypse world, the conspiracy theory world is it has to, it's like a drug. It has to keep getting more like you, you get kind of desensitized to it. And then, you know, your body builds up resistance, your mind builds up resistance. And then once you go out and you buy all the bullets and the band-aids and the, in the, um, you know, and the beans that you need, you know, and you've got a year's worth of food, you've got a, got some firearms and some ammunition, you got a little bit, you got a med kit, you kind of know how to use it. Once you're there, then, you know, do you buy some night vision, right? Do you, do you look at buying property in the middle of the woods and you run out there and, and start put being come like super self-sufficient? And yeah, that's an option. Sure. But to get you to go from wherever you started to that place quickly requires a lot of high, high intense emotion and, and it requires it daily. Because if you kind of get, if you get out of that space and you're in the regular world, then you start to be like, well, but things aren't going so crazy right now. And the argument always is, yeah, they're not going crazy right now, but they're going to. And yeah, they're going to get crazy. We'll talk about that in a second. But there's a corollary that's not an actual positive corollary. Think of it this way. If you were to meditate every single day for an hour, right, you would gain some insight into the world where the veil of familiarity would be lifted from your eyes and you would, you would gain positive insight about the world and about your spirituality and all that. And it would, it would, for some people would happen sooner than later and for other people would take a while, but I think everyone would, would benefit from meditating for like an hour or so or whatever. But the thing is, is that when you start to do that, you start to drift away from the regular people in your life and you've become hard to relate to. Do you know why I know this? It's because I did this in college. So I was really into martial arts when I was younger. I used to be an instructor. And this was before MMA. So it was, you know, it was almost all stand up and stand up fighting and, and kickboxing basically with a, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of judo, a little bit of, a little bit of ground fighting, whatever. So, but it wasn't like MMA is today, which is, which is heavily skewed towards the, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right? But anyway, so, but part of that was, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to get into this, this Eastern philosophy and meditating. And I did, and it was great. And I learned a lot and I was completely impossible to around people. Totally. I couldn't talk to anyone at cocktail parties, couldn't relate to anybody. And so then I stopped doing that and I got better. <laughs> and I would have you consider the possibility that, that, you know, gaining, if you're not, if you're in a conspiracy theory world and you're listening to it exclusively for your news, um, part of it, definitely, I think there's truth in it, but that truth is used to hold you in place as the zombie apocalypse picture is painted for you. No doubt things are going to get bumpy, but I'm of the school that things are going to get bumpy and the institutions are going to hold. Now, does, now does that mean that they're going to hold in the way that we foresee them right now? No. But I don't, I don't see us going into, you know, Dennis Hopper floating around in the ocean on a, on a gigantic barge, oil barge and, you know, people on jet skis flying around killing people in boats, right? Like just not, we're not going to a water world. Okay. This isn't the first time the world has fallen apart. 
if you look, you know, I'm an amateur of the Bible, but if you look at the Bible, it's it's you know the civilization civilizations get destroyed all the time and then they come back and you know, and so what you know, 2018 is not coming back. But at the same time, too, is that there's there's enough people. There's there's 300 million people here. There's 200 million of them that are steeped in the idea of the United States. So what does that mean? Well, it means that they're going to try to put it back together, the United States back together and whatever that means. And and there will be enough people that will stand up to do that. And so that has a profoundly different, you know, just like my son, if he's had enough food, like, yeah, he's going to be a pain in the ass and he's going to be tough to deal with or whatever. But it's, it's a profoundly different situation than um, total meltdown. And, and the decisions that you need to make are profoundly different because you can make semi-normal decisions if you think the institutions are going to hold. And by institutions, I don't mean how they're constructed today. I mean the institutions of the belief in the system and the belief in the people around you. And I believe that's going to happen. I have to believe that's going to hold. I have faith in that. And so for me, I make decisions based upon that, like Scotty says in Star Trek, it's going to hold, Captain. Now, you may not you may not believe that. And if you don't believe that, there are plenty of places for you to go and get riled up every day. And I still listen to conspiracy theorists just, just as an education in, in how they talk to their people and how they build a world. And, and I think it's is as, you know, as a marketer and as an, you know, an email marketer, um, which is how my chosen form of communication with people. Um, and also it's, it's in terms of when I help businesses, I help them communicate with their people via email, right? Cause it's, it's, it's free. Um, other than whatever it is you've cost to acquire the customer cost or cost to acquire the, the person on your list, you know, it's, it's, it's a free form of advertising. Um, it's going to hold things are going to hold. And that's the message that I want to communicate to people. Now they're not going to be the same. They're going to get bumpy. There's going to be a, a certain set of skills, which I believe the best hedge is building a manufacturing business locally as a component of whatever your business is, even if you have an information product. Um, and it's the mix of those things, which will hold you in good stead. And I haven't come up with a good term for it yet, but it's not the common, what is the, it's the anti-zombie apocalypse. How's that? So if you want to get more information on how to do that, either as a business or as a person, um, subscribe to my email list. There'll be a link in the show notes below. I'm kind of reorganizing how you get on my list. So there's going to be a link there. It's just not going to be very sexy looking. It's just going to say, get on my list. But go there now. Get on my list. You're going to start to get emails from me. And we're going to talk about this philosophy of it's going to get bumpy, but it's going to hold and what to do. Because it's, it's it's not going to be smooth sailing like it's been for the last you know, 50 years, peak America, 1950s to 1980s, 90s. It's not the peak America is gone. That America is gone. It's not coming back. So a new one has to be constructed and it's going to be constructed like it always has been, kneecap to kneecap and community to community. So what I want you to do is take out your journal. If you don't have a journal, go get one. You're going to need one from time to time. But for right now, take out your unicorn trapper keeper from the fifth grade. And I just simply want you to ask the question again. What do I believe? Zombie apocalypse? or anti-zombie apocalypse. And if it's anti-zombie apocalypse, subscribe to my email list. If it's zombie apocalypse, there's plenty of places for you to go. But just remember, there is no end if you stay in the path of understanding. All right, creator. I know you want to escape the current understory that you are trapped in. I get it. I've been there. But in order to do that, you're going to have to have a creative clearing, a place to stand in confidence and clarity. I'm not going to promise you some magical course, 
coach or codex, but I cannot help you unless you raise your hand and say, I'm over here. You can do that by subscribing to my daily email list at understory.news. Raise your hand and say, let's get out of here together. The podcast contains the philosophy and the five public principles, but the daily emails have the insights, innovations, and shadow principles of building the classic American business that I only discuss with my subscribers. Raise your hand and let's light the lantern together. The path of understanding never ends, but that does not mean you cannot get to where you want to go. Subscribe to my daily email list at understory.news. Go light the lantern.